Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. So a couple years ago, I hit 40 years old, and man, did things change. I didn't have the same strength and vitality that I had before, and I didn't have what I wanted, and that was the ability to work out and have a blast doing it. So then the pounds started packing on. Well, thank goodness I found Chalk, C-H-O-Q, and they're helping real American men just like you maximize your masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the Chalk Vitality Stack for over a year now, and not only am I working out, I've now lost 50 pounds. So if you're ready to maximize your masculinity today, go to Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and use promo code Ben for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com, code Ben, limited time offer. Subscription is cancelable at any time. Chalk.com. There's a lot of screw-ups in the media over the last year. A lot of big stories they got wrong. A lot of stories that they wanted you to believe were true, and then they just moved on from them. After they got busted, getting it wrong. I used to believe it was a issue of getting it wrong. I no longer do. I think the media has been lying to us on purpose, deliberately misleading us and deliberately lying to the American people on any number of different issues and or things. Because honestly, why not? Why not lie to the American people? Why not just say, yeah, we're going to mislead you with propaganda to influence you, to influence the elections. Now, the reason why I say this is being done deliberately is look at the Russian hoax, the Russian collusion story. Remember that story? They kept it alive for four years, and they knew for four years it was a lie. There are a lot of different stories. Let's go with COVID and the vaccines. They knew the vaccines were not going to stop you from getting COVID. They knew because people were getting COVID after getting vaccinated, and they still kept that lie going for almost two years. They also had data and whistleblowers that were saying things, for example, like the masks were pretty much worthless. There was data and doctors and different people saying that. But what did they do? They kept telling you, you're trying to kill everybody if you don't wear a mask. Why do they say it? It's called propaganda. What's scary is just how many stories in the last 365 days, big stories and big scandals, that they got wrong. And when I say they got them wrong, they knew they were getting them wrong. I don't think any of these stories that I'm about to list off for you, they got wrong by accident. I believe that every one of these was done deliberately to mislead the American people. That's what I want you to understand. I don't think that the media is as stupid as I'm about to show you when I play these things to you. I don't believe that they are this incompetent. 
There's also another reason why I say this. I believe the biggest reason why I, I think they do this every single time deliberately on purpose to screw us, to manipulate us, is because it's always orchestrated. What do I mean by that? The media will constantly tell you something. And it's not breaking news on one news channel, for example. It's across all of their mediums. It's on ABC. It's on NBC. It's on CBS. It's on MSNBC. It's on CNN. They do this in the New York Times, the Washington Post. They do this over and over and over and over again. And it's everywhere at the exact same time. That's not by accident. If one reporter came out with some breaking news and they got duped by a source, so they got it wrong and other people didn't go with the news story, then it would be a different conversation. But all of this seems to be consistently orchestrated. And they seem to say the exact same words. What do I mean by this? Well, let's give you the top 10 list of the year of the biggest stories, the biggest lies, the biggest screw-ups of the media. At number 10 on my list... You may remember the media. They then claim they got duped by another anti-Trump hoax. I don't believe for a second that it was an anti-Trump hoax that got them. I think they created out of thin air. They wanted to believe this, and they figured if we all go with it, then why not? Now, the story was a simple story. There was a report that came out that there were hours a seven-hour call gap from January the 6th. The White House, they said, was using burner phones, phones that you would throw away that no one knew about, to communicate. They said there was a seven-hour gap that was bigger than Nixon's erase tapes and Watergate. And then a scandal was born out of thin air. The only problem was there was no missing phone calls. The media just wanted to attack the president. They saw January 6th as a major vulnerability, and they said, let's run with it. Now, how did the media sound? Well, here they are in their own words with this ridiculous lie to the American people. It still was damaging to Donald Trump, and it still pushed the January 6th committee narrative that they were trying to hide something, that they were actually involved in an insurrection at the White House, the highest levels, and orchestrating it behind the scenes. On January the 6th, there are seven hours of missing tape to prove it. Washington Post headline, January 6th, White House logs give, given to House show. Seven-hour gap in Trump call. That's all they needed. And everybody in the media ran with it. Seven hours makes the 18 minutes of erased Oval Office tapes around Watergate look like a game of patty cake. There appears to be a real cover-up of who Trump was talking to while the mob was attacking and ransacking the Capitol. These White House records are not just incomplete. The gap suggests staggering and potentially willful omissions. Trump, or someone in his administration, appears to have actually tampered with the records. Tampered with the record. Did you hear this? We tampered with somebody in the White House, maybe even Donald Trump himself. They tampered with the records. Had no idea it was this big of a deal. Oh, yes, it is. The White House was burning tapes, were smashing tapes, were ripping out pieces of paper in a phone log. This is worse than Watergate. Did this actually happen? No. Were they lying to you? 
Yeah, but don't worry, they kept going. It looks like he made a decision. I'm going to take this offline for the next seven and a half hours. Donald Trump has acted like a mafia boss. Donald Trump and his allies, whether they removed calls from the log or they made secret calls on burner phones, knew what they were doing was wrong and tried to hide it. Simple as that. Simple as that. Was any of this true? No, none of it was. Are we positive that this is a lie? Yes. Did the media have to come back and tell everybody, hey, we got it wrong? Well, some of the people in the media did actually say they got it wrong. January 6th committee started meeting. Republicans started going after them, and they had to correct their story. What did it sound like? Now, not all of them went prime time to correct the prime time attack, claiming it was worse than Watergate. They did say it this way in the middle of the afternoon on CNN. The six pages of logs for January 6th are determined to be complete based on an official review of those White House records. So there are no missing pages, and the seven-hour gap is likely explained by the use of White House landlines, White House cell phones, and personal cell phones that don't go through a switchboard. There it is. All right, so we corrected the record. Now, we went for this story for days and days and days and weeks, and then we started trashing, saying, people deserve to go to to jail. This is worse than Watergate. The media... Got it wrong, but it's fine, right? So we'll correct it after the damage has already been done. Did anybody get fired for this dubious blockbuster story? No. Was anybody's career bothered or destroyed because of this reporting? No. Was there any official we apologize to our viewers and listeners for lying to you? No. None of that happened. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine was a classic Anonymous source. This time, an anonymous source came from the Supreme Court. And that one anonymous source told NPR, you know, your tax dollars pay for that, National Public Radio, that the beautiful, loving, kind, sweet Justice Sotomayor was being bullied for political reasons. She was being forced to telework from home. Why? Because the evil Republican scumbag Jack A, Justice Gorsuch, refused to wear a mask to work. What made this story even worse is that she was immune compromised. And she had quite had quietly and politely requested that Gorsuch wear a mask to work. But since he was a anti-vaxxer in a tool bag, a scumbag, an evil Republican man talking down to Sotomayor. He said, hell no, and you can work from home. You can telework. Now, this story broke, and there was only one anonymous source claiming to be at the Supreme Court. Was the story true? No, it was a lie. Did anybody else try to verify the source or maybe just call Sotomayor's office directly or the Supreme Court for official comment? No. Instead, NPR went with the story. And once they went with the story, so did everybody else. Now, the story turned out not to be true. And when they got in trouble for this, NPR was unfazed. NPR said they were, quote, standing by their reporting, claiming that it was still true. Your taxpayer-funded dollars went to this fake news story that the rest of the media was so excited to report. Take a listen to how they did it on TV. 
Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. My first reaction was to think what a mean-spirited, almost ghoulish person Neil Gorsuch is. Gorsuch has the nerve to refuse to wear a mask indoors while seated next to his colleague who's vulnerable to possible death from a highly communicable disease. Neil Gorsuch is prioritizing his right to be a tool over protecting Sonia Sotomayor's life. That just seems ridiculous. Can you put a mask on to be Seriously. polite? It's what kind hard. of workplace is this? It's not hard. Neil Gorsuch, shame on you. Shame on you. You, Neil Gorsuch, are both a rotten co-worker, dangerous to be near in a pandemic, and tonight's absolute worst. And here is a joint statement from Sonia. Now, now listen, this all happens across all these networks. And the only people to actually, you know, ask the question was Fox News. The story got so out of control that Justice Sotomayor and Justice Gorsuch had to put out a joint statement saying this is a, this story is a lie. It's not true. Sotomayor and Gorsuch reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Ottawa is being... I, I mean, what else do you need from that? They have to put out a statement. And the statement that they have to put out is a very clear and simple statement. Reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Did any of the networks that reported this story that, you know, Justice Gorsuch is some scumbag evil person, did they correct it? No, they did not. Now, why did this story happen? I'll tell you. This was right around the time when Democrats were wanting to pack the court. It's right around the time that they were leaking other stories or were about to leak other stories that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned in an unprecedented way. Remember that? They leaked out the, what the decision was going to be and then put out a kill list for other people in the Supreme Court to kill them. And then the White House refused to condemn the protesters who were out there and, and the protesters that were going to the homes of their conservative justices when they leaked it out of the Supreme Court. Now, as we end 2022... There's something else that happened that's really weird. You notice that the Supreme Court at this point, we don't know who the leaker was. Maybe that's because the FBI is spending too much time spying on Americans on Twitter or sending the account names of Twitter accounts they wanted to get rid of in 2022 to big tech. Maybe that's because they're trying to silence conservatives like myself and put us on ban lists or cannot find lists or cannot see them lists, right? The list is pretty you know, long of what they've been trying to do. Maybe that's why all this is happening. Maybe they were trying to change the narrative so if they did, in fact, pack the court, they could justify it by saying, look at how evil Gorsuch is. Look at how terrible Neil Gorsuch is. Look at how corrupt the Supreme Court is and why you shouldn't respect it. These colleagues these Republicans are trying to kill the Democrats on the court. That's what they were saying the entire time. That's the whole ball game here, folks. Like, that, that's it. That's what this is. So maybe that's what this story is actually all about. Right? Maybe, maybe this is the whole goal to undermine our institutions on purpose 
And if you don't have to correct the story, then it's a pretty big win, isn't it? This is what victory for them looks like, even while they're in defeat. It's pretty brilliant, if you ask me. Let's move on to the next story on the list, and that involves the truckers. You may remember in Canada, it was time to smash the working class revolt. It was time to make sure that we turn truckers who refused to get vaccinated, who were sitting in their own truck by themselves, driving, keeping a country working and going with supply chain issues like they were domestic terrorists. And that's exactly what Trudeau and the woke liberals in Canada did. The villain was the truck driver, the working class man. And who was it on the other side that were trying to squash them? It wasn't just Canada. It was also Washington, an American journalist that quickly ascertained that these activists, surely they weren't really activists. They were more or less evil people that deserved to go to jail. That's how they wanted this to be. The American media turned on them quickly. It even started in late night television. In the monologues that took place, the monologues that they wanted to make sure every American heard because they didn't want you to get any ideas that you should revolt in America like they did in Canada. Take a listen. Ottawa is being besieged by a group of anti-do-anything-about-COVID truckers called the Freedom Convoy. A so-called Freedom Convoy. So-called Freedom Convoy. I love the so-called Freedom Convoy. We're not even going to call it the Freedom Convoy. We're going to call it the so-called Freedom Convoy. We have truckers. The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. A threat to democracy, uh, an insurrection, sedition, sedition, insurrection, a threat to democracy. We've heard it called a nationwide insurrection. Mm-hmm. This is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment. It's, I think it's part of the globalization of Trumpism. It's a cult. <laughs> yes, it is. Residents say they feel like hostages. There hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected. I love this. There hasn't been as much violence as we were hoping for, but we'll still tell you these people are domestic terrorists. And this is all Donald Trump's fault in Canada somehow. But that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful. Alarming. Situation. I love this. It doesn't necessarily mean it's been peaceful. What well, there hasn't been violence by default, it's been peaceful, right? Situation there in Ottawa. They will have I love this, right? This is America's media saying, no, 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 don't get any ideas, you Americans, about what they're doing in Canada. Don't be inspired by that. We're going to tell you that they are are terrorists, they're domestic terrorists, that they are evil, seditious people that are anti-democracy people in Canada, and we're going to lock them up, and you should know, don't be inspired by any of these people. Let's get over to number seven now on the list number seven involves something the media loves to do and that deals with the issue of race baiting race baiting is something that the media always likes to bring up because it makes them look like they are somehow the do-gooders that they are the the chosen ones to gatekeep what is right and wrong it's a moment for them to grandstand in the media and talk about how great they are compared to the rest of the country They make sure that they get to highlight these important moments, right? These exciting moments, these very important moments that they desperately need from all of us to understand so that we can be better in a society 
with their list of virtues. Virtue signaling is extremely important to the media because without it, you may just actually think they're a bunch of liberal propagandists, state-run media, in essence. And that's exactly what they are. But hey, if we can change the narrative a little bit, then it can change everything. We just have to change that narrative a little bit to make it happen. Well, they saw an opportunity. An opportunity to not only race bait, but virtue signal all at the same time. And to tell you that America's Supreme Court was also somehow evil before a moment in time that they were about to celebrate. Now, you have to understand the last year, undermining the Supreme Court was extremely important. The idea of packing the court, adding three new justices to switch it back from a conservative-leaning court to a liberal-leaning court instantly by packing that court was a real thing that the media was trying to float with the Democratic Party. The Democrats are terrified of a conservative court for things like Roe v. Wade, Title 43. So you have to undermine that court. And you have to make sure that people hate the court. You have to make sure that there's no respect for the court. Now, if you can pull that off, there's going to be a very big victory. If you can pull this part of the agenda off, then you could possibly have the American people on your side to say, all right, yeah, you know what? Screw it. Let's throw three new Supreme Court justices on there. Let's pack the court because we don't believe that the current court is a good court. Now, you may say, how do they race bait on something like this? How is it possible for the media to race bait when we have African-American and minorities on the Supreme Court? Clarence Thomas is an African-American man representing the African-American community on the Supreme Court for decades now. This isn't some surprise. Everybody knows who Clarence Thomas is. Now, remember, the true racism of the Democratic Party happened when they tried, through Anita Hill, to fabricate and make up stories that he was the worst person in the world to make sure they kept that black man off the Supreme Court. That was the Democratic Party that did that. It was the Republican Party that nominated Clarence Thomas to be on the Supreme Court is an African-American man. But if you're a conservative, you're not a real black person. That's what the media wants you to understand. You're not a real black man. You're an Uncle Tom. You're a fake black person. We only count minorities if you are a liberal, if you vote for us, the Democratic Party, if you back and support the media. Because if you're a conservative and you're black, Ben Carson, Clarence Thomas, the list goes on and on. You're not a real black man or a real black woman. And that's exactly why they lied to you and claimed that having a new justice, KBJ, who is going to be the new Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Going to take the place in a, in, a, in a big way with feminists and feminism and women and everything else. Well, they wanted to make sure you understood that she is a black woman. Finally, we have a black person on the Supreme Court. We already have one, Clarence Thomas, but they don't count him. Take a listen to this from the media. I have to call a black woman justice in America. She's going to be sitting there as a woman in her black skin, in a black robe, on the highest court in the land. I love this. A woman sitting in her black skin in a black robe. What if she doesn't, by the way, just throwing this out there for the transgendered, all this crap happening. What if you don't identify as black? What if you are black, but you don't identify as being in the black skin? 
Isn't it pretty racist to imply that a black woman has to be black? Just going to throw that out there because I have a feeling pretty soon we're going to be having that debate in this country. They're going to have to listen to a black woman talk to them on the Supreme Court. These white people in America, these white men. This is part of delegitimizing the Supreme Court. It gets worse. And finally, there'll be people going in front of the, the court looking like me and seeing someone that looks like them. To all the colored girls who considered shaping justice when this system was not enough, this moment is ours. Let me just go ahead and speak for all black women in America today saying we are extremely proud. This was a step towards the court actually looking like a reflection of the country it oversees. It is a powerful symbol to look up on that court and see somebody that looks like you. That looks like you. Clarence Thomas looks like you. Nope, he we don't count him. He's not a real black man. Clarence Thomas is a black man in a black robe sitting on a court. Nope, we don't count him. That doesn't apply there. African-American men shouldn't be inspired by Clarence Thomas because he's not really a black guy. Now, for the first time in 2022, we've got a black person on the court. Well, that's not really true. Actually, it's not even close to true. Doesn't matter. We don't count him. The media knew what they were doing when they were doing this, but this is part of the undermining and delegitimizing of a Supreme Court that they really wanted just to pack the court. That's what they wanted here. They wanted to pack the court. That's how they wanted this to go down. You just pack that court, game over. You pack that court, and we're good. You flip it quickly. Everybody gets excited that you flipped it. They understand why you needed to flip it, because it was a racist, evil court before where evil white men wouldn't even wear masks. Story was a lie. Notice that's two of the 10 biggest stories of the year were actually attacking the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And there's and, and I would even give the honorable mention to the other leak from the Supreme Court on Roe v. Wade. I would add that in there as an honorable mention or part of these stories where this leak comes out that they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade. We still haven't found the leaker yet. You're telling me that the FBI and the, the DOJ can't find who the leaker was who tried to intimidate justices the way that they were trying to intimidate them? You're telling me that you can't find who this leaker was? I mean, you know it came from a liberal office, not a conservative office. You can't find this? Come on. You can't figure it out? Really? Or maybe it's just you guys didn't want to look. Maybe the person that did it was so brave in your opinion that you're like, we're not going to out them. No chance in hell we're going to out them. Why would we out them? That's not something we would ever do. You have to understand, none of the things that I'm mentioning right now are, in fact, accidents. All of the things I'm mentioning right now are things that were done deliberately purposefully every single one of these things was something they decided and said we are going to push this narrative let's move on to the next one on the list here the media posts the dobbs leak which i mentioned a moment ago we still haven't found the person that did it number six in the event that you were unaware America's sacred democracy was mere moments away from being lost. That's how the media wanted to report January the 6th. Constitutional scholars were immediately brought out 
well, they claim they were scholars to tell you that what just happened was a insurrection, the overthrowing of a government. They also wanted you to believe that everybody involved in January 6th who didn't have firearms, who didn't have guns, was expertly trained, was well-organized unit of highly disciplined MAGA special forces that managed to locate the Capitol's secret chamber of the scrolls and proceed to read the Madison Manifesto from atop the dome while wearing a horned helmet. They wanted you to believe that Donald Trump was the current emperor of America. They wanted you to believe that everybody in Congress narrowly escaped this evil day of insurrection, attack on our democracy. America's news people have spent the last two years reliving these moments, soberly warning new threats of insurrection and attacks on our democracy are everywhere. That's exactly what they did with the Canada story. The same words, the same verbiage. They also wanted you to believe that a righteous cause was happening. That surely you, as an American, would understand that we need to hit pause in this country and look at what happened and throw everybody that was involved in jail forever, maybe even kill them. We had that anonymous Supreme Court leak, right, of the draft Dobbs ruling. Now we're being told, in fact, a violent insurrection can sometimes be exactly what America needs when it comes to, you know, overthrowing a Supreme Court. Across the media landscape came calls for political unrest. There were kill lists of the addresses of Supreme Court justices that were put out. This was what an insurrection would look like. The White House refused to denounce the intimidation of Supreme Court justices at their homes. There was talk of violent rhetoric and imagery that the media have at other times blamed for many deaths. But in this case, it was okay. It's amazing how different these two scenarios were, right, in the media's eyes. And in one case, one troubled man became radicalized enough, in fact, by the media to travel to Virginia for the express purpose of assassinating Justice Alito, who inspired him, the media. But it isn't that that the media wanted to focus on. What I'll tell you is this is a perfect example of how hypocritical the media is. January 6th was the worst day in American history, worse than 9-11. But when we decide to become insurrectionists, when we decide to overthrow the Supreme Court, it's totally fine. None of this was done by accident. They knew what they were doing. They were putting out lies and propaganda to you on purpose, didn't care if the story was a lie. They were trying to reshape things like the Supreme Court. A great example of this is just comparing and contrasting how they treated the January 6th story to the media's uh, obsession with the leak from the Dobbs decision, right, where they were basically giving the marching orders to crazy Americans. Hey, come kill some Republican justices and Roe v. Wade won't be overturned. Take a listen. It feels like we are not just at the brink of a civil war, but that one has already begun. The MAGA movement is a threat. This means war. 
That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent. The extremists that we're dealing with every single day, we've got to kill and confront that movement. It is a danger to our democracy. It is a danger to our way of life. These crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. And this is why it could be more dangerous than 1860 or the 1930s. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms. When it- call to arms, folks. This is literally a call to arms. So anyone that supported Donald Trump, you're an insurrectionist. You're a domestic terrorist. Now, when we decide to overthrow the Supreme Court or give out the home addresses of Supreme Court justices so that you can go and off them, totally fine. But the Democratic Party wanted you to understand that anybody that supported Trump, anybody, even if you weren't there, even if you were in real time denouncing January the 6th, you're part of the domestic terrorists that should be spied on and most importantly, should be silenced. That's what they wanted you to believe. That's the media. When they do it, it's not an insurrection. When they advocate for the killing of Supreme Court justices they don't like, that's not an insurrection. When they put out the lies, the big lies, and they are big lies, that Gorsuch wouldn't even wear a mask, was trying to kill Sotomayor to undermine the Supreme Court, right? They won't even correct the story. NPR is like, we stand by our reporting. That's what we do. We stand by our reporting. This reporting is solid. This reporting is good. This reporting is exactly what we said it was going to be. This is the reporting. And we will not say that we were wrong. And we will not back down. All right. Before I get to number five on this list, if you want to listen to 10 through 6, that's in yesterday's podcast, go back. Listen to those stories. They're incredible. I just gave you a quick recap, but if you want to hear the media and everything they were doing, make sure you download our podcast from yesterday. Now, let's get into number five. Remember when the media blamed us for the hot weather in July? Now, you look around, we have record cold temperatures right now, right? If we're global warming, you would assume it wouldn't be freezing as it is across the country this December, but hey... In July, when it's supposed to actually be hot, the media said it's our fault that everything is so hot. It's our fault that everything is so bad. It's our fault that it is people are hurting out there with the temperatures of July. When it comes to heat waves, climate experts say this is not just summer being summer. This is not your parents or grandparents' weather. This is new weather that we're experiencing because of climate change. What we have right now, scientists say, the attribution to this rapid rise in temperatures, greenhouse gas emissions. It's awesome. The public is learning about extreme heat, which unfortunately is getting worse because of climate change. We're certainly seeing more extreme weather uh, due to climate change. This is what scientists have been telling us the future looks like, except it is now. Temperatures far above what was once considered the summer norm, inflicting misery and creating a health danger for millions. We can't cool the earth back down again, at least not easily, but we can prevent further warming if we reduce greenhouse gas emissions to zero rapidly. So when it's hot, this is what happens. When it's hot, it's our fault. When it's cold, we'll shut up about it. Right now it's cold, it can't be global warming, so we'll just move on. 
But the media blamed us for the hot weather. This is not your grandparents' warm summer. No, this is your fault for this, right? This is all your fault that this happened. There you go. And let's just move on to number four on the list, and that is the media freaking out, spending the last year working on a commission to investigate a two-hour riot that took place on January the 6th of 2021. A lot of people forget that the Democrats actually brought in members of the media to volunteer their services as carnival barkers to help attract a big audience in prime time. Now, you may remember that the media came out and said that January 6th, the insurrection of two hours, was worse than 9-11. You may not realize the commission was rigged from the very beginning. And you may not realize they actually hired people in TV to arrange for the meetings to be televised in prime time. Democrats had a whole comm team, the media, that volunteered for service as carnival barkers to help attract an audience to their prime time propaganda. So why did Congress spend so much time and money on the political unrest of January the 6th while ignoring what was actually happening in this country on real issues like, I don't know, inflation, rising interest rates, major problems that we were having in the markets. They were spending time going after January 6th issues instead of actually protecting you as a consumer from Wells Fargo or from XTF. And why did it happen this way? It's pretty simple. Because it's all about convincing you that the Republican Party is the worst party in the world and they should be banned because we have to protect our democracy. Here's how they did the 9-11, a.k.a. January 6th hearings on TV. Last night, they were searing. They were vivid. This is very compelling Uh, television because it's a very compelling hearing it was compelling it was chilling the videos were chilling and it was it i think it's going to be historic this was a historic compelling hearing it's compelling it's must see tv we've seen all eight episodes through thursday season finale of the hearings was it a cliffhanger for you in any way it almost felt as if it was like the series finale at one point liz cheney said stay tuned for September, which is like season two. We thought this was the season finale. Everybody's like, come back for more. No. Everybody's like, come back for more. So we've turned Congress into a Netflix documentary that you can binge watch. Now, these aren't blunders. That's the point I want to make to you. Many would say, oh, they're screw-ups. No. They were deliberate. They were on purpose. And it was 100% propaganda. It was important propaganda for them. They wanted to make sure that you believe the propaganda that they were pushing out there. A great example of that is when the FBI came under scrutiny. The FBI came under scrutiny, as we now know, for cooking the books against conservatives, silencing conservatives, monitoring conservatives, listening to conservatives and censoring them online. We know this for a fact now from the Twitter files. They want you to believe, no, 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 that's a conspiracy theory. It's not. It's the truth. Was the FBI cooking the books against conservatives for a long time, including Donald Trump and others? You better believe it. But don't worry. The FBI has the utmost integrity. You can't question the FBI. That's what the media said all year long. Which brings me to number three on our list. What happens if you're an American and you decide to ask some questions about the FBI 
raiding the home of a sitting president and Donald Trump. Does that mean that you're un-American? Does that mean that you're an evil person? Does that mean you're an insurrectionist? Well, if you listen to the media and how they handled the raid on Donald Trump's home, something they decided to do to him, but they've never done any other president in history, and they certainly didn't do it to Hillary Clinton with her server in her basement with classified documents. But if you even question, you even think of asking a question about what just happened with the president's home being raided, Donald Trump's home being raided, they are going to immediately turn on you. Take a listen to how the media handled this shocking moment in American history. Oh, man, there was no raid on your home. A peaceful search that they gave them a heads up on. Peaceful search. I don't think there was any politics involved. This appears to be a nonpartisan process. The Justice Department is returning to its historical position as a law enforcement agency above politics, trying to do the right thing. These attacks on the FBI are just very sort of out there and outlandish. That's why we have law enforcement to actually bring fascists to justice. It's all legal. It's all lawful. It's not a raid. They didn't, you know, they, they're not there improperly or unlawfully. Because anybody on this set had done the same thing, the exact same result would have occurred. Yeah, you remember with Donald Trump and the raid on Mar-a-Lago, this is normal. This is everything. Everybody else that would have done something like this, this is exactly what I would have happened. All right, so I'll take the bait. Hillary Clinton did a hell of a lot more than this. She had a private server in her basement. She had classified documents by the thousands on a server that anybody could break into anyone anywhere in the world. And there was classified documents found on Uma Abedin's computer. We know that from the FBI. We know that then when she was asked to turn over, they started literally bleaching the phones, smashing the phones, the Blackberries, and bleaching the server's of her emails and that server that and the computers that were involved. Did anybody freak out? Did anybody go to jail? Did anybody's home get raided? I'm just asking. I think it's a fair question to ask, right? There was a lot that happened. Anybody want to discuss it? Anybody want to talk about it? Well, I mean, again, if you listen to the media, they say this was normal. Anybody that would have done this would have been raided. Okay, were people raided that committed heinous crimes like Hillary Clinton? No, they were not raided. And why? Because their name is Hillary Clinton. And we know that if your name is Hillary Clinton, there will not be anything that happens to you. And you can do whatever the hell you want. The FBI is not going to raid your home. They also want you to believe that what Donald Trump did was so unprecedented that that absolutely warranted a raid on a former president. That's also a lie. It is unprecedented to raid the president of the United States of America's home. Why did this happen? For one reason. This was about the swamp. That's what this was about the entire time. This was about silencing and shutting up the swamp that are, 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 excuse me, this was about the swamp silencing and shutting up a president that actually decided to challenge them, to expose them. As soon as he said he wanted to drain the swamp, the swamp said, watch this. And that was the FBI. The FBI said, get ready because we're about to own you. Get ready because we're going to shut you down forever. We're going to get you arrested. We're going to get you charged with crimes. We're going to make it where you can't even be president. How dare you ever question the deep state? 
We're now going to own you forever. That's what this was. And they wanted you to believe that this was normal, that this was business as usual. This is, by the way, total crap. It's not normal to raid a former president. And if anybody was going to get raided for committing crimes, it should have been Hillary Clinton. We know there were thousands and thousands of emails that she deleted. We know that they that she instructed her staff to destroy Blackberries. We know that they bleached the servers to make sure that no one could ever see what was on there. And no one went to jail. No one got raided. There was never a knock on the door or knocking down of a door. There was nothing that ever happened to Hillary Clinton. There was no raid, by the way, on Hunter Biden's home. There was no raid on Hunter Biden's offices. There was no raid on on James Biden's offices. None of what happened to Donald Trump has happened to people that have actually committed crimes. And we know that Hunter Biden's committed crimes. He documented his own crimes from the laptop from hell. Did anybody go busting down those doors? Hell no. Why? Because he's a Democrat. And the media sits there and they tell you, oh, well, you know, everything's good. This is, you know, what happened with Donald Trump is something that is just you should understand that they had to go. They had no choice but to go. This was too important not to go. But that's not the only thing that the media did this year. And again, this isn't by accident. This is what you call propaganda. Now, before I get into any more of the insanity of these people on the left that attack conservatives. I want to tell you real quick about legacy precious metals. You know what's happening with inflation. You know what's happening with people now talking about the idea of recession. You know what's happening with supply chain issues. And you know what's been happening with your retirement account. If you are not diversified with part of your financial strategy involving precious metals, now is the time to call the people that I use and trust legacy precious metals. You can get the free investor's guide on gold and silver, precious metal investing, and how to diversify your portfolio. We have seen that they want to raise taxes. We are seeing a skyrocketing of our national debt. And if your retirement is in only investments that are directly connected to the market, you need to take a look at legacy precious metals. Call and get the free investor's guide right now from them. 1-866-751-2218. That's 1-866-751-2218 or online at Legacy PM Investments. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, let's move on to number two on our list. One of the other big stories was the media just flat out getting it wrong, bulldozing true journalism and a race to exploit the Colorado tragedy. Now, you... It's it's not this is a horrific event that happened in Colorado Springs and the Club Q killings there. But the media couldn't wait to make this a big issue politically to seize firearms and to claim that somehow this is conservatives that were involved and conservatives did this when that wasn't the case at all. Listen to the media try to exploit this horrific tragedy to push a political agenda and a narrative. There are five dead people. In a strip mall, because that was the only place they felt safe as gay or trans people in this town in Colorado Springs. I think that DeSantis, Boebert, they have blood on their hands on this. These bodies are not on the ground yet. 
Yeah. And they're being used as political props right now. When you demonize someone to that extent and you make them feel like an existential threat to you and your children, it's no wonder, again, that we get this kind of violence. This exact same language of grooming and pedophilia targeting the LGBTQ community, it kills. And I'm just wondering, what could I have done different? Seriously, as reporters, what can we do different? I think we have to have a come to Jesus moment here. Uh, as reporters, there is no inward reflection here. It's just, you know, continue to use these people as props. Continue to use the grief of these people as props. Um, I think as reporters, we got to look in here uh, and double down. As much as we, we got to double down. Oh, okay, there we go. We got to double down because we need to push a narrative. Was the shooter a conservative? No. Was the shooter inspired by DeSantis? No. Or Boebert? No. Was the shooter there to, as a conservative MAGA guy to do what he did? No. Does that matter? No, because they hate DeSantis, right? This guy's a threat to the Democratic Party. This is a guy that's become very popular by making sure that he protects the citizens and the rights of his citizens in his state. And so they decide to connect a horrific tragedy to Ron DeSantis, who had nothing to do with this tragedy. Had not a single thing to do with this tragedy. Doesn't matter, though, folks, because this is how we roll. We are the media. We get to push a, a narrative immediately after a tragedy happens, implying that the people that were in charge of it, the people who did this, they did it for political reasons because... They supported DeSantis. Did the shooter support DeSantis? No. Did that ever come out afterwards? Yeah. Did they report it? No. You got to understand, these are not mistakes. This is a political narrative. And it's a narrative that, that, that you are going, they are going to push no matter what. That's what they're trying to make you understand. The narrative is whatever they decided to be on a random day of the week. And you better get on board with their narrative. And if you don't get on board with their narrative, there will be hell to pay. We're going to slander DeSantis for a horrific shooting that happened, implying that he has blood on his hands, even though he doesn't. The shooter had nothing to do with conservatives or DeSantis. And when that comes out, we will not report on the story because we don't report on stories like that. That is not something that we do. But we never let a tragedy or a crisis go to waste. That is the Democratic Party's mantra. We never let a crisis go to waste. And when someone gets killed and there's mass shootings, we immediately push for things and advocate for things that would have had no bearing on the shooting, in fact. We've seen this happen over and over again, where they'll come out with massive gun control, not even knowing what guns were used in certain events, and claiming they're going to pass laws that would have saved the problem. Even if those laws were in place, they would not have fixed the problem. They would not have saved people's lives. But it's a narrative, and you keep pushing it, and you keep pushing it until you win. Finally, and one of the biggest stories of the year for me, I think it is the biggest story of the year. The media throwing a tantrum at the prospect of Americans freely exchanging ideas with Twitter being bought by Elon Musk and now being exposed through the Twitter files. Every conspiracy theory that was or every every theory of conservatives, what we were dealing with, what we were going through, what was actually happening to us. Shadow banning and silencing and not being able to find people. 
shutting down accounts for actually not committing violations of terms of service just because you were a conservative. Having the FBI flag accounts in the deep state, flag accounts of conservatives they just didn't like. All of these things were happening, and we all knew that it was happening. We all saw it where we were silenced and shut out just because they didn't like what they were what we were saying. We saw people's accounts that were banned, not for actually breaking any rules except for, you know, being conservative. And then the media freaked out. They freaked out the idea that they couldn't silence a certain group of people anymore because of what Elon Musk did. They were furious that Elon Musk was going to expose the left and how much power and control they had over our thoughts and ideas and what was trending on social media. The idea that he could buy this thing and expose them for their corruption. And again, ABC, NBC, and CBS have spent zero minutes as of now on the Twitter files. Why? Because they don't want you to know just how bad things actually were. They don't want you to understand just how corrupt they are. That's why if a big tree falls in the forest, right, and no one hears it because no one's there, did it even happen? That's how ABC, NBC, and CBS are treating this moment in time, in history, where they know about the corruption of the Democratic Party. They know the corruption of the FBI. They know the corruption of the deep state. They know the corruption from candidates and elected officials and government officials who were emailing Twitter saying, hey, we don't like this account. Silence it. Hey, we don't like this account. Silence it. Hey, we don't like this tweet. Get rid of it. Hey, we want this person banned. And they did it every damn time. And then Elon Musk bought it. Now what they want to do, they want to ruin his platform and they want to ruin Tesla's stock in the process. They want to destroy Elon Musk and they want to destroy anything that Elon Musk touches. And they want to make sure that you don't like or use the platform. They want you to believe that now it's a racist and bigoted platform. They want you to believe that that Twitter is now the Wild West and that there's all these evil things that are happening there so that you'll shut down your account, silence your account. That's what they want you to believe. This is how they roll. Take a listen to the media freaking out over Twitter being exposed by the new owner. We all have sort of treated this platform as like the the town square, the public forum. It's not anymore. It's Elon Musk's, and he's going to do with it what he wants, and it's bad for the rest of us. Ever since Elon Musk took over Twitter, we've seen it devolve into something that is nothing close to truth and nothing close to unifying in the country as we see it today. And here we have something as important as Twitter, which is an important platform, um, now descending into the hellscape that he claimed it wouldn't be. My tummy meter says there's something just not great about this. Let's say they reinstate Donald Trump onto Twitter. Yeah. Would you leave the service? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I don't I don't need to be there for that. When Elon Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech. It seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And he himself... Straight white men! Yes, that's the only people that can have speech on Twitter, right? That's what she just said. It's about straight white men. Donald Trump comes back and is reinstated. What would you do? I'd leave the platform. I don't need to be there for that, right? That's when they started beating the drums of let's destroy Twitter if we can't control it. If we can't silence the people that we want to silence, then we'll just we'll burn the place to the ground 
so that it has no more power or no more influence anymore because we can't decide who's important and who is powerful and whose tweets are seen and which tweets are not and who to shadow ban and who to silence and who to shut down. That's what this is really all about. Can we just be honest? This is about control. If we can't control you and your mind, then we don't want any of it to survive. That's what the media is saying here. It's racist. It's bigotous. It's hate speech. It's white supremacists that are now using Twitter, so you should get off of it. Meanwhile, Twitter, under the old regime, had no problem taking money from Chinese communist dictators and slave owners. No, They had no problem being a platform for ISIS or al-Qaeda. They had no problem being a platform for people that have child labor and, and, and sex trafficking and human trafficking leaders on the platform, communist dictators. They have no problem taking money from the most evil people in the world and giving them a platform. They have no problem hosting leaders of terrorist organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah on the platform. But a Republican gets to say what they want to say without us being able to shut them down and silence them. Oh, now there's going to be hell to pay in all of this. Right. That's what now what they're saying is a troll. So his idea of freedom means freedom to be a jerk and to be cruel and to have no one be able to stop you. It certainly feels like we're in the dying days of this platform unless something changes quickly. You need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are headed to hell. You cannot let people actually have a place to go and have a grand debate. We have to control it. We have to control the narrative. We have to control every single aspect of this. This is the media in 2022. This is the lies that they told you on purpose. None of this was by accident. Please share this with your family and friends so they can hear what the media has done in the last year alone. This is just in the last year. We need to make sure everybody understands just how corrupt they actually are. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. So a couple years ago, I hit 40 years old, and man, did things change. I didn't have the same strength and vitality that I had before, and I didn't have what I wanted, and that was the ability to work out and have a blast doing it. So then the pounds started packing on. Well, thank goodness I found Chalk, C-H-O-Q, and they're helping real American men just like you maximize your masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the Chalk Vitality Stack for over a year now, and not only am I working out, I've now lost 50 pounds. So so if you're ready to maximize your masculinity today, go to chalk, chok.com and use promo code Ben for a massive discount on any child subscription for life. Chok.com, code Ben, limited time offer. Subscription is cancelable at any time. Chalk.com.